my fine people it is episode three of blue versus blue uh this one is called the struggle continues now i know most of you are thinking that it's only going to be about my struggle as a chelsea fan and well you'd probably be right but uh city has their own struggles and we're going to talk about those as well uh but as always welcome to the show uh, thank you for coming in and i'm zach that's joe without further ado let's get started Let's go. How has your weekend? How's my weekend been? Was that, 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 that was the question? Um, that was the question. Well, it froze on you just a hot second. So I, if I heard the first part of it, I wanted to make sure that it was clear. Um, busy weekend once again for the Mayport family. Uh, three games indoor yesterday. If you're listening to this on Saturday, was yesterday for us because we're recording it Sunday night. Um, and then today, Sunday, we had Elliot's uh, actual birthday party. Her birthday was last weekend, had her, her, her birthday party today. Um, so it was entertaining lots of kids at a big, uh, it's called Urban Air. It's like a big indoor fun park with time zone, like climbing walls and uh, zip lines, all that kind of cool stuff. So it's been a long weekend. And uh, so we had the the girls' game, so we recorded the city game, um, did a little errands, then came back and watched. And um, happy with the result, maybe not so much the final score line. That might be somewhat nitpicky as a city fan. Not winning by like three or four is becoming a problem for some. Not me, because I'm just happy with the three points. Um, but there's a theme recently of not finishing chances and you know a little something about that um it's been an ongoing <laughs> ongoing problem for chelsea maybe, maybe is, is, that an, is that an understatement that's a, a scotch scotch <laughs> uh if this was a uh, a measuring device we would not be measuring in teaspoons or tablespoons this would be cups gallons and larger um when it comes to not finishing so yeah. uh i know a lot of you you've been waiting and wondering um we did not technically record for our che uh, Chelsea versus City match. We did. Uh, we just did it over on uh, Joe's other channel, the Snobby Boys podcast. We did a uh, kind of a conglomerate show with a big recap um, from the the City and Chelsea match. We're going to put the link directly down to that uh, that both the podcast and the YouTube video. So you guys can check that out. It was a blast. It was a great time. Um, it was it was just a hell of a match and an absolute barn burner um, again. And the scoreline wasn't four four like it was last time, but I was literally on the edge of my seat the entire match, and and um, I was very happy and pleased with the result, albeit a little bit disappointed. And you know, Joe, you can you can quickly touch on, on your thoughts as well. Yeah, I I would say the result was fair based on the the play style and the the pace and flow of the game. I think both teams deserved a, at least a point. I think both teams would be and fans a little disappointed that they didn't come away with all three. Um, but as an outside you know viewer, if you're watching the game, you probably say that fair result. Both both clubs played played well. I thought Chelsea was very strong defensively and very well organized and kept their shape extremely well in, in frustrated city. Um, and uh, well, I, 
at the same time being very dangerous on the counterattack. Um, so it was a very fun game, especially considering what we were coming off of the first one. First game, 4-4, back and forth, up and down pace of play. Um, so both games for City and, and, and Chelsea this year as a fan, wonderful. You'd have liked to get both sides, would have liked to get three points in each game. And as a non-fan of either club, that's just great football to sit back and watch for two hours. So it was a, a treat. And it was a lot of fun to have have you on with, with Colby, with our, our my snobby boy side, the All City, all, all the time podcast that we run. And have Jack uh, Waters from Full of Football from across the pond. He came and joined us too. So we had full coverage. It was two City and, and two Chelsea Blues on both sides, just recapping with the football and, and enjoying good conversation. So it was a lot of fun. And like Zach said, we'll we'll drop that link in the comment, or not the comment, but in the description of of this one and vice versa. So you'll see a lot of crossover because I'm doing a little bit of both. So yeah, it was it was definitely a good time. And and like you mentioned, it was great to to not be ganged up on and, and had Jack there on my side uh to, to help that out. So that was definitely beneficial. Um I'm gonna I'm gonna go a little off script here, but in the future, I would expect another joint podcast episode with those gentlemen. Um, albeit, it will probably be after the season and well into the summer. Uh, not going to drop any hints. Hopefully, schedules line up. And uh, if you haven't seen the news, Chelsea and City are scheduled to play in Ohio Stadium, um, home of the Buckeyes, summer. Probably late July, early August, I'm assuming. Um, we don't have a date. We just have a city location. Yeah. Uh, and for those of you that don't know, I am in the northwest corner of Ohio, and Columbus is only a couple hours away. Joe, being in Maryland, uh, is a little bit further away, but this is uh, – this is not a match we will miss if, if schedules align. And uh, we would love to have Colby um, join us for that and, and possibly some others as well. So, you know, little little into the into the future. Plug for the future, because we're I'm definitely coming and bringing the family with, and it's going to be a, a very, very good time. And expect, come summertime, some, some fun in-person live content uh, with the just tiny little caveat that we're hoping to get the date soon so we can plan accordingly because yes. we have family lives and stuff going on with our kids and wives and all that fun stuff. So we got to make sure and work. So yeah. uh, make sure. uh, exactly. Um, so excited for that. When that news dropped this week that um, they were playing each other and it was going to be in Ohio. The stars were aligning, and I'm very madness ensues. Exactly, so excited. Um, so just now it's just give me a date and a time so I can start booking a hotel now and planning out when I'm leaving and all and all the fun stuff that goes with planning. The the best part of it, exactly the planning stage. Because I went. This will be the the second time that I've I get to see City Live because I went when they were in. Uh, Green Bay out in Lambeau for uh, the Bayern match two years ago. 
Um, so I'm very much looking forward to them coming because when they're coming this summer and then next summer of 2025, the Club World Cup will be over here and they'll be here for that. So be both clubs will be taking part yeah. partaking in that as well. So we'll get an opportunity to to see them two summers in a row, which is phenomenal. Very so much so. Very much so. so any reason to drive into a, yeah, any time to drive into Ohio too to come see you is I don't need a lot of encouragement. And then when it's City and Chelsea at the same time for a friendly in the summertime, where we don't got to be like super stressed out like Champions League final a couple of years ago. <laughs> that was, uh, yeah, no, we had we had plans to watch that match together. And I think both of us realized that it was probably better off not to, um, just due to the fact that someone's feelings were going to get hurt and it wouldn't be fair. And I, I know you wouldn't, and I didn't feel right trying to celebrate, you know. Uh, and I wouldn't want you to hold back from celebrating something so massive and vice versa. So it was like, let's, yeah. let's just call For each sure. other on afterwards. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Instead of being lighter. Sure. So the friendly match is perfect for them. It, it's great. Yes, it is. Because uh, it really doesn't matter. And it, yeah, and it couldn't be any better location for, you said it's going to be at Ohio State. Yep. Yep. It'll be at the Buckeye Stadium. So, theoretically, fan too. So, like, this is somebody's looking out for us on this one, I think. I don't know if it'll draw quite the crowd that Real Madrid did um, when they were in Michigan at the big house. Uh, that yeah. was a massive, you know, 110,000 people. However, Ohio Stadium will also seat about 110,000. So there could be a lot of folks inside that stadium, and I hope so, because um, I'm looking forward to it. So uh, let's let's roll into why we're here. Um, let's start off with your most recent match. We'll, we'll start with City and Bournemouth, and, and tell me why your struggles continue, Joe, because apparently we're both struggling. One a little bit more than the other, if I'm being completely transparent with that. But... Um, <sighs> Just right from the jugular. It's only because I love you so much. That's why. I don't feel it. <laughs> um, so we've had Brentford this week and uh, on uh, earlier on in the week and now another B in Bournemouth. And Bournemouth. We uh, haven't been putting up a, as big of a goal differential as the city fans on social medias would prefer and i'm of the idea and been trying to push the narrative that the three points is what mattered we shouldn't be just looking at goal differential at this point we're one point behind liverpool um with a game to play against them and then a game ahead of arsenal and a match to play against them as well they both have a little bit better goal differential than we do but what we need to focus on right now is getting the three points and getting wins. And sometimes you have to grind out a win and win ugly. It's got to be a 1-0 scoreline against the team that's below you in the table. And sometimes that happens. And we have to understand as City fans, because a lot, I think a lot of them have become very complacent or borderlining arrogant at some times. I, will, if, I know, right? Look at that. Um, and that's coming from a city fan. I don't feel like I'm like that, but I do feel like some of us who may have been joining late to the party um, and only know city as 
four five nothing and blows some teams away expect that every time not realizing the context of the fact that these the core group which have been together for so long over the past two or three years have played insane amount of football compared to the average premier league or bundesliga or league player um going deep in four competitions every year plus 90 percent of our roster are internationals so they're not getting breaks during international windows they're playing those games they're humans they're going to get tired they're not going to have the same high level every single match that's just unreasonable they're not video game characters you know they're their health meter doesn't just immediately regenerate after one game. It it doesn't do that because they're real. They're, I know. So we've been we've been struggling to 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 really convert chances recently. Um, thankfully, in both games, we were able to convert at least one to put us ahead. On the flip side of that, defensively, we've been much better. Um, Bournemouth did give us a little bit of trouble at times. Um, immediately after they made some changes in the second half. Um, there was a spell of five or 10 minutes where we were kind of on the back foot and you wouldn't expect that with, with Bournemouth in what city was putting out on the field. And then to close the game, they had a, a flurry of chances. Defensively, we stayed strong. Um, a lot of blocks. They, the deep at the back line was, wasn't really letting the crosses come in and they were blocking a lot of shots that, so they didn't get to Ederson, um, who had a fantastic game. Eddie, the past week has returned to the confident uh, flair, taking you know a defender one-on-one and, and dribbling by them into open space and playing the ball away. Um, so that was a, a lovely thing to see. When he, he had Solanke coming down in the second half, bearing down on him, it was him against, and against Eddie, like top of the box, and he calmly just did like a little proif and took the ball into open space. And we I think we had talked about that where Last uh, last time we talked, where he was kind of like that, you know, had the ball close to the goal line and was getting heavy pressure and just kind of cleared it away instead of taking his, you know, trademark touches into space to create openings to play the ball still. So confident Eddie is back. Like to see some of that confidence translate further up the up the pitch. Phil is really the only one that's like on it and in great form. Kevin was, and then he. Felt a little, a little niggle, as they say, um, in his hamstring again. So he missed um, the match against Brentford. He only came on for like the last, or he made, he only he played. Uh, he came on late in this one against Bournemouth to give him a little bit of a break. So said a lot there, a little long-winded, but very uh, happy with the result. Glad that we got the three points just gonna need to be a little more clinical uh moving forward which is crazy to say when you have the likes of alvarez and holland and doku and silva and Odin. you're just gonna name the whole roster well it started to taper off there at the end yeah uh-huh all right it's only because you saw the look in my eyes <laughs> i was waiting for the look i was teeing you up so you could give me the look yeah don't worry uh you know <laughs> Just to just to kind of backtrack, it's 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 an embarrassment of riches, you know, when you you look at and and not Chelsea of these past few years, but 
when Chelsea were in their prime and, and, you know, city during this current run, when you're talking about issues with the team, but you're still fighting for a championship, like that's a good problem to have. You're worried about goal differential and you guys are plus 33, like small world problems. Like, and, and that's a good problem to have. So while I hear you, um, I secretly want to throat punch you because those are not issues that most teams have. And, Correct. and admittedly so, Chelsea really haven't had that issue for a long time. This is just a whole different world. And, and this could be all Chelsea's current world could be a whole episode. Well, it could be a, a week long episode. Um, I mean, if we really wanted to dig into it, but it's it's a good problem to have, and I think that City are just fine. I, I really don't think their goal differential is going to be an issue. I, I think that when the dust settles, you'll, you have two six-point matches coming up, the one against Liverpool and the one against Arsenal, and, and I think both of those will do enough because a 1-0 victory against both of those teams is still worth six points. 12 technically if you're if you're you know counting double points so um i don't really foresee this to be an issue barring health and, and that's the, the issue that every team has and truthfully and, and we'll talk about this here in a little bit liverpool are decimated with injuries right now and and that's something that chelsea fans have come accustomed to in, yeah. in recent years as well it's 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 tough, but it's part of the game. And that's stay la vie. Life goes on. Yeah, you said that perfectly because we had a when I was on with with snobby boys on Sunday night, we had that question come up was which, you know, when 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 do city fans start worrying about goal differential? And my answer to that question was not until after I see what happens with Liverpool and Arsenal. If we win those two games, I'm not concerned because City have shown in the past that once they have that lead at the end of a Premier League season, they know how to keep it and they know how to, to handle their business when it comes to wrapping up a title at the end of the season, especially when they have a lead. They've chased people down before too, but if they have a lead going into it, we won't have to worry about goal differential one bit. So let's just focus on, I don't even want to think about goal differential. I want to just, we need the three points. If we get the three points against both of those clubs, Goal differential is irrelevant and is not important. I'll tell you right now, you win the rest of your matches and you won't have to worry about goal differential. Exactly. Period. Point blank period. period. There you go. So I, to, to answer that question, I know it wasn't on my podcast, but you don't. You don't worry about goal differential. You just win. See, you want to win. You, you want to win, put booby in. I'm going to spin on him, coach. You want to win, let booby spin. <laughs> that's a Friday Night Lights reference for those of you that are unaware. Derek uh, good book, good movie. Booby Miles, too. Shout out to mm-hmm. Derek. That's yes, good sir. stuff. Yes, sir. It was fantastic. So, do you want to wrap up? No, no, no. no I don't, I don't, don't want to talk about it. Okay. Let's, we just, let's just end the show. This is fine. Anyway, looking forward to the FA Cup coming up, right? Or- yeah, right, yeah. Let's just jump over this whole middle section right now. 
I feel like we should though. Yeah, like, probably. All right, do your worst. Let me have it. I watched from the I pretty much watched all the second half in the first 10 minutes of extra time. Um and I felt like in the second half, you guys were the better club. I think you played better. I think the finishing just really let you guys down. I think Connor had, should have had at least three goals. Um, and it wasn't like he was botching them. It was just some of it, it comes down to luck. Like he had a phenomenal little flick, back heel flick, and it just hit the inside of the post and came out. And then had a couple other chances that could have finished, but either Kelleher made a great save. Like I think the one where it was, they were pretty much one-on-one -on -one close and he was trying to flick the ball up over him and Kelleher just brought his hand up at the exact right time. Yeah. And but like it, so I, I don't think you guys played poorly at all. I saw across social media, some people were, were spouting out about how poorly Chelsea was playing and X, Y, and Z and how it wasn't that fun of a game and Liverpool wasn't very good either. Um, but from what I could see, I liked the way Chelsea was playing. I think you guys are just very unlucky to to not come away with a goal. Um, both clubs had a goal overturned via was via VAR, right? Because Sterling was off. I I saw the uh, still. Nico Nico was off. The Nico Nico was offsides. Okay. Um, the angle that they gave us on TV was trash bags. Uh, That's what was circulating around social media. I was like, this is not a good angle to make any decision upon. And I still can't like, I I can't see how he's offsides there. Um, I know that they have lines and technology, and I, I'm I'm sorry, I just I don't see it. Unless you have a camera directly in line, it's all guesswork in my opinion. Yep. Whether you're drawing a line with technology or not, unless there's a camera right like they have in the NFL, like pylon cam right in line with the first down marker or whatever or the goal line whatever one you want to use unless you have a camera in line with uh, with the two players that you're looking at for offside you don't know 100 for certain either way yeah. and even then it still can be subjective so that's it's so tough when when that happened i was like oh live our pool again because mm -hmm. they seem to always live on the right side of, of vir now mm -hmm. Uh, we'll talk about this in a second. They did not at the towards the end, um, but that was very obvious in my eyes. The match bothered me for a myriad of reasons, um, especially coming off of that Chelsea City match, where mm -hmm. I just felt like this this was it. This was the turning point. I mm -hmm. haven't gone into a match as confident as I did today. Did they play lights out? No. There were uh, poor touches. There were poor passes. Um, the man who was the hero against City versus Chelsea, man of the match, tying and breaking records for his defensive performance, was an utter sh**. Uh, DeSassi was an absolute mess in the back. Numerous turnovers, awful passes. It just looked very shaky in defense. And I was like, how, 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 how? And then I paused and 
then I realized that the average age of this team is like 22. And I'm like, oh, oh yeah, That's there's that. Um, so that I know that plays into it. And the saucy like players are going to have bad games, you know, just like players need breaks. Players are human. They're going to have bad games. He didn't make any glaring mistakes that led to a goal. So I can't fault him that much, mm-hmm. but off such a high performance, like he was against city. It's just, it left a lot to be desired. The good news is Malagusto looked great again. Um, other than a couple poor touches, he looks fantastic. Uh, Shout out to Jack Waters from Full Football Podcast because he mentioned moving Mallow to the left. Um, and when Reese comes back, lo and behold, at the end of the match, when Chalaba came in, Mallow moved to the left. Um, I wasn't super excited about the move. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's it's something that is a possibility, especially given Chilwell's injury and, and that kind of thing. So, you know, that's that's a possibility. I think for me, the second half was was all Chelsea. And when I saw Klopp bring on all those young kids. All the teenagers. Yeah, I was like, okay, like this is it. This is, and I told you when I was texting you, I was like, I feel confident going into this because because of the substitutions. Mm-hmm. And I I really liked our substitutes. Our first couple initial substitutes brought in Nkuku and and took off Nico, and that allowed um, you know Nkuku to get into the game. I liked the Mudrick substitution because I thought the pace was going to be huge, especially if we went into extra time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I'm starting to wonder if those two players in particular are not adept enough to play the substitute role. Because when Nkunku and Mudrick start and they're allowed to grow into a game, they are brilliant. Mm -hmm. You bring them on in a substitute role, it's like they're fighting to find their way. It's like Mm -hmm. they're six feet of fog in front of them, and they're they're just trying to to grasp and and see where to go. Um, That is a huge problem because... Now you got to figure out what you got to do because you don't not play Christopher and Kunku. Like you have to. Mm-hmm. Mudrik is going to be the odd man out. Um, and if Chelsea sign a striker this summer, which we all believe that they will, um, I think you have to put Nkunku on the left and Cole on the right and the striker in the middle because. Um, the role that Cole plays on the right is oddly enough in Pochettino's system more of a centralized role mm-hmm. and, and we see him at his best when he's in the center and, and dictating play and, and making those passes and those runs so Cole is best when he lines up on the right but he, he plays more in the middle um, yep. 
especially with Mallow on the right, because he's making overlapping <laughs> all the time. That's going to allow mm -hmm. Cole to cut in on his favorite left foot and have somebody to overlap with and do play little one twos and, and all that. And, and Mallow's really good going forward and has, I think, added a, 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 a spark offensively from that outside mm -hmm. back position for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, our substitutes just brought nothing. Like they, they literally brought zero value to the game. And that's, that's something that you can't have. And that's what separates the, the cream of the crop from mid table teams. And that's what Chelsea are right now is a mid table team. And, and like, I'm really disappointed because I really, and, and I, I told you this before the show, I was really looking forward to European football. I don't care if it's the conference league, you know, that's, that's something that Chelsea needed. The game reps alone away from home, going to freaking Eastern Europe to play Liga Warsaw or, you know, like Slava Praha. That's something that you guys on your club definitely would have benefited a lot from. Um, and I don't see any route to European football now. Is the FA uh, is the FA Cup an automatic qualifier to the to the Europa League? Um, I am not sure. Yes, it is. Yes. So yes. <laughs> now they got to put their sights on the FA Cup. Um, cause I'll be real honest. I don't, I don't see them going on a run to, to lock up, you know, top six. That'd be a, that'd be a, right now from that, you guys are nine points off of six. So yeah. it's not unreasonable, but it's nine, nine points off with the, with the match in hand. Yeah. With the match in hand. Correct. So win that one and it's only six. So it's doable, but you're still jumping one, two, three, four, five teams almost to, to get there. That's, that's, that's a big climb with, what, 13 games or 12, 12 games left, 13 games for you guys? Yeah, yeah. Um, but it would require something that's been not there for you guys all season, which would be consistency, which is something we mm -hmm. talked about on our – joint episode between Blue v. Blue and Snobby Boys was why this continues to be uh, an issue for, for Chelsea. And it's, sometimes it's even within games because, like like I said, I this was watching when I was watching the second half and then I saw it, almost like Klopp was waving the white flag and saying, here's yeah. all my teenagers. I'm pulling off all of my best best players. Got close coming off, you know, the other and <laughs> Robinson came off too. He took and, the off. Yeah, and it wasn't like there were still other guys out there. The rest of the players were like Harvey Elliott and, mm -hmm. uh, and um, some of their younger players. So he had a very young lineup out there. And going mm -hmm. into the extra time, I felt like it was Chelsea's game to 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 lose at that point because you guys were creating all of the chances. And then while I was watching the the first part of extra time. It felt like you guys were just on the back foot the whole time, and Liverpool was on the front foot, controlling possession. And I didn't, I couldn't figure out 
what happened with the shift because the mentality in the first at the end of the second half was we're going for it we're playing we're going to be attacking we're going to be on the front foot this is our game and then came out for extra time in there the, the vibe just wasn't the same and i it just i yeah. couldn't under put a finger on why that would be so i was i was left wanting a lot more as well with that and i didn't understand it i listened to pochettino's uh interview afterwards and he said that the the lads were very knackered um for lack of a better term and while i get that uh that's and and again i've said this before you know cue the the replacements uh gene hackman you you gotta you gotta find heart like you gotta mm-hmm. that's where you dig down and find that last three percent of the, of the juice that you have and the, and the batteries there's there's no coasting um he said in his interview that he thought the the lads thought that penalties would suit them better um, which it probably would have, you know, given the the experience level of, mm-hmm. of the lineup with the the Chelsea players compared to um, the the people that Liverpool had, the players that right. Liverpool had on the pitch. But any in my mind, if you ever have the mentality to play for penalties and to to survive, you're you're destined to have um, something go wrong. Yeah, and I think that. I also saw somewhere that Liverpool are the number one team at scoring late goals this season. Um, they scored a lot of late goals. And the uh, the goal that Liverpool had overturned was 100% the right call. It was a, um, a, a blocking, essentially a blocking penalty, which it had more to do with the fact that Endo was off coming from an offsides position. So he came from an offsides position and impeded uh, Colwell. So that was the reason behind that. Um, but again, the goal that Van Dyke got again was just poor man marking. And Mudrick literally. I think he thought the ball was just coming to him because there was nobody by him. Mm-hmm. So he didn't go out and attack it. He let the ball come to him and Van Dyke with his smart run, you know, just whoop, right in front of him and, and, and made the, the fantastic play. And that's why he's virtual Van Dyke. You know, mm-hmm. he's, he's been a top, you know, top 10 center back in the world for a long time. Um, Anytime you're on your heels waiting for a ball to come to you in any situation, whether it's or any sport, really, you're you're not going to come out on top in that situation. The person who wants the ball the most and is willing to go and attack it yeah. is the one who's going to win the ball, win the header, win the challenge, win the rebound, you yeah. know, win the, the, the yard you need in, in American football, whatever it might be. The person who's on the front foot and attacking is usually the one who comes out on top of those situations. So you, you can't sit back and, and wait. You got to be the one that's the aggressor. Yeah. With that being said, you know, I, I the one thing I will say is both goalkeepers were absolutely flipping phenomenal. Kelleher was lights out. Petrovic was lights out. They both made great saves. They both made good reads. Um 
Kelleher got lucky with Gallagher's that went off the post. Petrovic got lucky um, because I think it was Gakpo put one off the post. Mm-hmm. It was a header. And, and you know, truthfully, Petrovic just stood there because there was nothing he could do. Right. And so other than that, I thought they both played very, very well. Um, so, you know, you got to tip the cap to the the keepers there because I think with with either of them not playing like that, it easily could have been a 3-3, 4-4 match. Um, yep. It's just tough. It's a tough pill to swallow. And I, I really, really hate losing. I hate losing cup finals. I hate losing to that team. Um, I really hate that team. And I'm not sad in the slightest to see Flop go because uh, if they don't get mm, Xavi Alonso, they're going to have a hard time replicating that type of culture. Because, um, I mean, truthfully, just like Pep has done at City, that culture is, is what has made Liverpool the success that it is. So that's that's pretty much all I have for the disappointment from the, the cup final. Um, I'm just, I'm, I'm ready to keep pressing on and, and ready to to get through this season and, and on to, on to better days because I'm t- and, and truthfully, I'm just, I'm, I'm tired of the journalists, the pundits who are like, I heard Gary Neville today that I just, Oh my God, he was unbearable all all day long. Ugh. Billionaire, something like uh, it, talking about you know how Chelsea spent all this money and and they're just pathetic. And yeah, I get it. There was a lot of money spent, you know, but these kids are all just really young with not a lot of high level competition football to their name. It's, it's going to take time, you know, and, and it's, it's, it's just exhausting. It's, I'm, I'm tired of the one-sided journalism, tired of the, the hot takes and, and the, you know, catchy headlines, like just, what happened to just talking about good football and talking about the positive things? And I get it, you know, ratings and, and all that. And it's, it's easier to be edgy and cool than it is to, to actually put time and, and study film and, and look at things like that. It's just, it's, it's so much easier just to hop on the microphone and say whatever, emotional thing that pops into your head after a match than it is to actually sit down and break down intelligently and tactically like what happened in a match it's, yeah. it's so much easier just to go to the tried and true because your club gets it just like mine does when it comes to the spending and how much money you your owners have and all that lazy ass negative vibes that come out instead yeah. of actually spending time talking and looking at tactically and uh, you know what transpired instead of they just they just they're they're a pathetic club because they're all they're spending and they have nothing like 
it's, it's just laziness and, and and gone are the days where the, the pundits on tv are actually like spending time at halftime and then post game breaking down what actually happened and having real conversations about the sport instead they're just looking for their time to get something that goes viral on social media that gets yeah. them more, more clicks more likes and more attention instead of having real conversations about the game it's it, you you hit the nail on the head it's a lazy journalism and th- and that's what it is like it's it's exhausting it it really is like it it, it takes out all the desire to even spend time on it mm-hmm. and i just i don't i don't understand it i don't get why that's that's the cool thing to do i'd rather learn i would rather a commentator or a pundit be more on the boring side if he's or she is going to teach me something teach me something i don't know or help me expand the knowledge mm-hmm. you and and this is especially frustrating for the the us market you talk about how you know soccer is not popular in the united states and how it's not it'll never be big well do something about it actually spend some time to teach folks what's beautiful about this game mm-hmm. you know explain the the intricacies of something simple like a triangle like and how the important yeah, mm-hmm. why the triangle is literally the most important thing in soccer. You know, spend that little bit of time and, and educate folks, and, and it could be so much better. And, and it could be the sport could grow exponentially. Kids will learn at a young age, they'll already have that knowledge going into their first times playing soccer. Oh, hey, I need to be in a triangle to execute first passes. You know, doing those little things will help it grow in the United States. It'll make the U.S. team better. Yes, and the 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 journo's that are talking and the talking heads on the TV, major ninety nine percent of them know a fuckload about soccer. Yes, they know footy. They all played it. They all have probably coached at some point too. They know the X's and O's. They know the all of the tactical stuff that would. That would I would love to hear more of on TV. This is why when I typically watch mine on the DVR from Fubo or the match replays, the beautiful thing about that is I can just skip right through all the talking heads in the middle, and then as soon as the game's done, I can just cut it off, and I don't have to listen to them yeah. flap their jaws about the game afterwards because it's all filler at this point, and it's just everybody looking to get their their 10 seconds of fame so i think a lot of it has to do with the popularity uh especially in the u.s at least of uh, the daytime talk shows on espn and fox sports and all that because that's all those shows are is giving people the opportunity to say off the wall shit to yeah to get more to get people to to watch it and then share it talk about it on social media and that trend has now shifted into like our match day coverage, which used to be the purest form, which was like instant reaction. Tell me what happened on the pitch. Let's talk about what actually went down. Why do you think, you know, 
why why was City so successful in breaking down this low block and then having a conversation about it? It's not about that anymore. The the, yeah. the and a lot of these people are super talented with these things, but I don't know if they're getting told to not talk that way by the producer yeah. or what. But there's there's good people out there that smart people, but they're not doing it. So I'm right there with you. It's it's definitely frustrating. That was a my time talking to you guys and people I know actually know the game instead of listening to the talking heads on TV because they aren't going to teach me anything. But researching with you guys and and talking and hearing your guys' opinions on things is is challenging me mentally with with soccer. I love that. For sure. And that was, I think that was why we pushed to bring blue versus blue back. And, and I, and I hope that as this channel continues to grow and this podcast continues to grow, that you will see, you know, more people like us that we can welcome on the show and, and bring, you know, more opinions and, and tactical breakdown and things like that, that allow true growth for, for everyone, because, I will never know everything that there is about football and I will never claim to be the smartest person in the room. Help me, help me learn, help me grow. And, and even if I know something, if I know more than, than someone else, I want to help them grow because that's what it should be about. Grow together man. expand our knowledge. So we people can help people. That's what we're about here, man. <laughs> Gotta love All right. it. That was a that was a tangent. Sorry, that was that was my fault. It was a good tangent. I think we both need wanted to get that off of our chest and say it, and it helped. Yes. And we um, want you to come like and follow our shit, but that wasn't the the spirit of our 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 rant just then. It was yes to to bring light to situations that continue to happen. So. Agreed. Well, let's rapid fire this next uh, look ahead, and, mm-hmm. and we'll we'll do this rather quickly. But you guys, we both had the FA Cup midweek. Um, yep. Both, I'm I'm saying this loosely. Uh, both games should be wins for both of us. Um, however, comma. We, we all know how the, the cruel game of football is. Uh, you guys have Luton Town, um, okay. early league opponents, but uh, Luton Town's going to be relegated after after this year. Let's let's just call that what it is. The interesting thing is this will be the last time that City play at um, Kenilworth Road. Mm-hmm. Because that stadium is getting torn down, so that'll be a bit of you know, cool nostalgia. You can yep. send them out of the FA Cup in a in a loss. That would be ideal. That, would be <laughs> the that is for sure. Um, I with the uh, Manchester Derby coming next weekend on Sunday, I would expect a fairly rotated squad from Man City. Um, I think. Some of the young guys like Rico and and Oscar Bob are probably going to get an opportunity to start from the from the get go, while some of our heavy hitters get an opportunity to rest. Defensively, we're a little thin just because Yashko's been out, and that means Ake's had to play on the left almost every game. 
Um, but he's been a trooper, so I would imagine he's going to be. And I think he got he got a break um, already, so he'll probably be back in there. Uh, I don't think Luton. Yes. Didn't you sign a left back? Uh, or did you guys loan him back out? Was that Esbrin Wilson? No. Hold on. Standby caller. Um, maybe he's this the left back. This might be an opportunity for Sergio Gomez to, to come in. and. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, he's still there. He has not featured in a match in quite a while. He's a left back, right? He is. He's more of a left winger than a out-and-out left back, but he plays left back for us. Okay. Because I was like, I, I know that you guys signed someone. We do have it. We do have one. It's just Ake and, and Gavardio has been predominantly playing there. And then last season, we didn't play with any fullbacks, really. We played with three center backs, and John yeah. Stone did. So I would expect a pretty rotated side. Um, I am hopeful that Rico and Oscar get to start because I love watching them play. Um, and This would be a good match for Cole Palmer to start. That would, wouldn't it? Oh, wait. He's wearing a different shade of blue these days. <laughs> so um I, I don't foresee much trouble we have not put in uh, a resounding win in a while we've had a couple of three ones but they haven't been like three zero then they score like a late consolation goal it's been tight so we haven't had a a comfortable relaxed win i don't think that's going to happen just based on our current form even in the one zeros we've had, we haven't played poorly. So I'm not like concerned about form and just a bad run. I think some of it's been unlucky and then some of it's just been um, between the years for some of our players um, not finishing some of the chances. So I think this is a prime opportunity for a get right game going into the, the Manchester Derby because that's going to be on a lot of people's attention. So um, yeah. I think we win comfortably. Eventually, it might be a 4-1-3-0 kind of situation, I think, would be what ends up happening. Um, I'm more going to be looking at individual performances once we see the lineup come out on a Tuesday afternoon. Right. Which so, makes sense. True. Um, so that's our, our FA Cup. You guys have leads on Wednesday um, home, so it'll be nice to come home after a difficult cup final come home to the to your fans to give you some love and some some hopefully build the spirits up of the players because i'm sure they're they're pretty disappointed in the outcome too because it's a cup final so it'd be nice sure. it's good not on oh on away game i think i think coming home to the ground you know and your support of your fans is really good so that's it'll, it'll be big because you know leads are uh, most likely going to be back in the Premier League next year. They're they're sitting second in the, the championship, um, mm -hmm. only trailing Leicester, who we all knew were going to be back in the Premier League. That was that was not an if; it was when. Um, and the the interesting thing is, it'll be a reunion of sorts for two ex Chelsea players, uh, Ethan Ampadu, who mm -hmm. we had sold on. He's at Leeds, and he's been. I think, I think he has featured in every single match that they've played this year. 
So he's been a stalwart for them. And then um, the man who probably has the goal of the season for the FA Cup, uh, Patrick Bamford, with that ridiculous uh, chest volley worldy that he scored. So Bamford and, and Anthony are both um, academy grads, and they'll be returning to Stanford Bridge. Bamford's been back, you know, numerous times, but uh, I think this will be Ampadu's first match back. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually being able to play against us because, you know, with normal loan rules, he wouldn't have been able to feature, but he's able since we have sold him, he'll, he'll play against us. Yep. So that'll that'll be interesting. Um, like I said, on paper, it, it should be a win, but this team is young, and we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, we don't know who's which which side's going to show up. The side that pushed Man City twice, or the side that kind of no showed, and that. It was a Wolves four two, yeah, and, or the team that played well against Liverpool and then couldn't close it out. So you, you just don't know. There's it's the it's like the um, you know the the multiverse the the TVM like there's so many strands and and you know variants yeah. of, of this Chelsea squad that have infuriating. Um, yeah, I would. I would probably wager to say that we will see Thiago Silva back. Um, I think that this is the perfect match for him to to play and, and start because while Leeds will give everything, I think that the level of talent all around at Leeds is not the same as Liverpool or or City or even Wolves for that matter. Um, so I think- I don't think Bamford is going to give him a, a, too much of a dip, you know, difficulty with, with pace. And right. he likes to be a little, he's a little more of a target forward. So that gives yeah. Thiago somebody who can be close to and, and not worry about the running behind. And, yeah. and, Pap, and Bamford scored some great goals. He's not somebody you think of as a high pressing kind of like bother and nuisance and, and, and pester the, the center backs when they're playing the ball out for the back too much. So. This isn't the, uh, this isn't the Beals uh, leads where they were high press run all over the place all the time leads United so yeah no I agree so you know we'll we'll see there um, and then we we're both also back this weekend um, Chelsea have Brentford on Saturday and, and you have the Manchester Derby on uh, on Sunday morning um, that we do 10:30 a.m. I think we will have an episode just before um, the Manchester Derby, so we'll have we'll have some matches to catch up on. But um, busy, busy, busy week for for both of us. I uh, praying for better days, um, and right now I'm just envisioning Bob Marley. You know, everything will be all right. Don't worry. Yeah. About a thing. <laughs> Who knew you were going to get serenaded? Every other thing going to be all right. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm imagining this uh, Amsterdam video or clip 
from uh, Ted Lasso where they're all singing on the bus on their way out back to back to old Richmond. Insert that clip. Right there. <laughs> uh, well, folks, I think that's probably going to wrap it up for us. Um, as always, don't forget to like, share, subscribe. Um, thank you for, for joining us on this podcast. And as always, don't forget, the color is always blue. I'm Zach. That's Joe. We're out of here.